0: We have one of the best up and coming actors who's actually really setting the stage here, especially with Secret Society Two Never Enough joining me here on the show here tonight. You may know her as Brianna and All Eyes on Me, as well as Tina in the first Secret Society, as well as the second one. Erica Pinkett joins me here on the show here tonight. Erica, welcome hey, to the show. How's your night hey. going?
1: Oh, man. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. How's your night going? How's everything? How how you feeling about the success of Secret Society 2 Never Enough? I know this was pretty much announced right after the first Secret Society. It was announced pretty quickly.
1: Yes. You know, Miyasha Coleman is such a genius. She wrote this um, this trilogy over 15 years ago. And turned it into a stage play. In fifteen years, sixteen years later, now we have parts one and part two of the trilogy um, in film. And I just feel so grateful to be a part of such an amazing classic. I feel like it's a classic. You know, part one did uh, number three on Amazon's overall list. Um, part two, you know, we're on our way to number one. So I'm just so excited about the fan love. You know.
0: The fan love is extensive. I heard that it extends all the way from South Africa to the UK, all yes. over the Trinidad.
1: Yes. I, it's funny. I went to Bahamas last summer and as soon as I got to the pool, people were like, oh my God, we love Secret Society. You know, it's such a crazy movie. It's so amazing. It's so, you know, like the drama, the twist. It's crazy. We love it. And I went to Ghana to film another project and that the love was the same way. And I think what happens is that stories like this catch on worldwide because they're the first of its kind to be told in this way um, in such an honest and genuine fashion. And I, you know, Miasha Coleman did an amazing job. Her and her husband, Rich Coleman, executive produced this film. Jamal Hill's an amazing director. Um, not only did he direct part one, he also came in um, and directed part two. And we just had so many amazing cast and crew. Vivica Fox, Jeremy Meeks, Raina Love does an, does an amazing job bringing Celeste to life. And uh, Deja Parrish, you know, she was introduced as Cece in part two. So for all of you guys who haven't seen it, you know, make sure you catch up with part, watching part one first.
0: Absolutely. Go check that out. How did it feel to get back on set and just reconnect with Raina? Because I know the first time that you guys met, you hit it off. And I remember the first time hearing about it, that you guys FaceTimed for like hours talking about each (laughs) other's life story.
1: Yes. I love her. You know, we connected so fast because we both, you know, were new actresses on the scene, just wanting to live out our dreams. And we have a lot of similar You know, upbringing and past experiences. And so we clicked like sisters from day one. And so the chemistry bringing Celeste and Tina's, you know, friendship to life was just so easy. You know what I mean? Because we really have a connection in real life. You know, our kids are friends. um, We're friends. We're like a family, you know? And that's why I fell in love with this one particular character. A lot of times, In the acting world, they'll tell you don't fall in love with your character or don't judge your character. But, you know, Tina, I really love her and I really love her and Celeste's relationship because it really does remind me of what friendship should look like. You know, friendship in your friendship, you should have an unapologetic love for each other and compassion and understanding and you should want your friends to win You know, and I think that's why I fell in love with Tina, because she was just so unapologetically herself. Um, And she just wanted the best for her friends. You know,
0: how did you feel about the character development in this second sequel here?
1: Oh, my gosh, it was great. You know, I wanted to bring Tina to life, so to speak. No pun intended. I wanted to bring her to life in such a way that wasn't too far from the Tina that we, we had known to grow in love, who was funny and loyal and had Celeste back, you know, I still wanted to bring that. And I also wanted to bring the emotion of like, you know, wanting revenge, you know, wanting, um, to be vindicated. Um, which if you guys seen part two, you see how that happens and how that storyline transpires. So, it was, it was really cool. I, I fell in love with it. Celeste, oh my God, Raina Love does an amazing job, you know, with Celeste's transition. Because in part one, we see how Celeste was kind of like my little sister, you know, she was kind of like up under me and we were both hustling and, you know, nickel and diamond trying to make it happen. In part two, she's just a superstar. And you just see her go through all these Mixed emotions in this roller coaster ride, Um and it's just never enough drama. You know, it's never enough.
0: No, and that's why it's called "Never Enough" as the yes. subtitle right there of the film.
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Shout out
0: to Raina though; she was on the show a few weeks ago. She did an Yay. incredible job as Celeste reprising her role. Is there any news? Because you mentioned the trilogy. Is there already going to be a third one here for Secret well, Society Three? We're
1: gonna let we're gonna let Mrs. Coleman, you know, announce that. Um, but you know, it just feels so amazing. Like everywhere we go, people just fell in love with the story and Miyasha really is amazing at storytelling, you know, and just to know that like she came up with this over 15 years ago, that's incredible. You know, she was way ahead of her time and, you know, discussing issues that were taboo to talk about that is groundbreaking. Um, so I'm just really happy. I'm excited for all of us. I'm especially excited for Miyasha Coleman is to see what, you know, she produces in the future as well.
0: I am as well. And I think it's incredible, especially when you're an actor in this industry, you get to step in someone else's shoes and understand their way of life. I think it's the best way to do it. For sure. How to just focus and live life while playing this role as potentially someone in the LGBTQ community by playing this mm-hmm. role in, in this film.
1: I'm sorry, can you repeat that?
0: You learned how, in this film, how to operate and just oh, yeah. what it's like to undergo and see what people in the LGBTQ go through and how they live their oh, life.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, you know, ultimately, like, what it is, is this, like, we're really not that different. You know, no matter what community people identify as, we all want the same things just as humans, you know, and understanding that I was able to dive into the story because it wasn't like a us, me versus Tina, or me versus Troy type of thing. I found myself in these characters, because just like these characters, every one of us wants love, every one of us wants to, you know, um, overcome our obstacles, every one of us has a desire to live out our dreams, you know, and so these things that Tina can identify what are not far-fetched from what everyday humans want, you know? So I found myself and I think if as actors it's our job to find ourselves in a character, you know, just, yeah. just, by, just by living life, you know?
0: Exactly. In this plot, we already know the plot line, especially the people who've watched secret society too. You guys are trying to make it in Hollywood and a big plot line to this was the bigger you are, the harder you fall. You spoke yeah. about your journey and the, the obstacles that both you and Raina faced in making it in this industry and getting opportunities. Would you say that yeah. you yourself, Erica, that you have finally made it in this industry? Because everyone else has their own definition of what making it really is. But do you feel as though at this point you've made it in the industry?
1: Um, I'll say this. I don't, I don't really do it. I don't really do this for like fame or, you know, any kind of um, like glory from people I really love the art of storytelling and if that comes with people you know saying my name or telling me how great I did or or saying wow the story changed my life that's that's awesome but I really do love the art of storytelling so I don't really do it for that you know what I mean so I don't really even know how to answer that question
0: <laughs> no seriously <laughs> no no i understand and it, we'll, we'll go back to like the earlier your journey because i remember hearing about your experiences and making it and, and the obstacles that you face is that you flew out to la to potentially oh, yeah. audition for straight out of compton at that, that, that time the nwa oh, yeah. biopic with i believe it was your last 900 dollars, and
1: me, the audition t- got pushed away so let me tell you so my whole life which hopefully one day you guys will be able to enjoy this and, and film, but my whole life story is, is a movie in itself, but, um, I am no stranger to Tina's like willingness to like fight in warrior spirit. I am no stranger to that. And I found myself after, first of all, you know, after doing a season of reality TV, I realized, first of all, I'm not, I'm not displaying my talent here. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's considered work. Yes. You have producers and writers and you have the whole set and you have cameramen, like it's work, but it's not displaying my talent because people think that this is me, you know, I'm not acting, even though I may be acting here, I'm not acting, you know what I mean? So I wanted to really, I really wanted to do what I, what I had a passion for. And, I ended up um, saying one day, like Dag NWA has this open casting all the way in Compton. I'm flying to LA. I had like my last 900 bucks, and I booked a round trip ticket. It was last minute, so it was super expensive. Um, this was back like in 2014, 2015, or something <laughs> like that. And um, <laughs> I flew to LA. Got to the building there was a sign on the door that was like the casting had been moved. I was devastated. So devastated because I didn't even plan to financially take care of a hotel or anything. I just planned to go and literally hop on the plane to come back. Um, So I remember just like really crying and really having a moment of like, like you keep trying and falling and trying and falling and trying and falling. Like, let's just like take a walk. So I remember going to the, um,
0: the, the Walk Hollywood. of Fame, I heard about this. Yes, yeah.
1: the, the Walk of Fame. And um, stumbled on John Singleton's star. And I was just so ecstatic. I don't know, like in that moment, I was like, wow, like I've always been a fan of his. You know, I always felt like he pushed the envelope. I loved how he's told stories. And I also am obsessed with Tupac. So I, in that moment, remember saying, if John Singleton ever directs the Tupac biopic I want to be in that movie I had no idea this was greenlit I had no idea this was in motion I just always knew people were asking there was a demand for his biopic and literally months later I end up meeting a woman um named Winston Sinclair who met me he for actually cast years. it for
0: juice I heard
1: yeah she casted for juice Tupac was one of her mentees She loved him. She loved working with him. And we were going on and on for like 10 minutes about how I love Tupac. I ran off to another interview. 10 months after that, she ends up calling me and asking me if I could audition for a role in the Tupac biopic. And I thought that was insane because I'm like, I just manifested this. Like, we literally, I just had this moment after being let down in LA. So long story short, guys, just like, no matter how many times you fall, I'm telling you, if you keep knocking, if you keep trying and sowing good seeds um, towards whatever your goal is, you're going to win. You're going to win. And your definition of success does not have to be everyone else's definition. Sometimes making that first step is a win, you know, so- you know, I feel like gratitude is a magnet for miracles. I always say this and every little accomplishment that I've ever had, I've always been super grateful. Um, so that's why like questions like, you know, do you think you made it? It's hard for me to answer those questions because I'm just so grateful for everything. (laughs) Um, but I'm really excited about, you know the future of Secret Society as a brand because everywhere you go, people are talking about it. There's hand sanitizer, there's chips. I'm like, you know, it, it's incredible. So I'm just excited to see the future of this. And um, further, you know, in my story, after getting casted for All Eyes on Me, um, people were just calling me like, "Can you be a part of this project?" I've done appearances and different shows and. I've done nine other films, um, some haven't been released yet, um, and I joined a cast of a very popular show, I can't really say the, the name of it right now, but um, I will be, I'll be back and we'll talk about that in the next few months, but I have another movie coming out uh, September 1st called Single Not Searching that I filmed in Ghana with Lisa Rae, um, Braley Evans, and so many other amazing huge nollywood stars like nollywood is huge so ghana spending a month in ghana was an incredible life-changing experience um so yeah that that'll be coming out it's gonna be on netflix um so yeah you guys can watch secret society one and two and then stay tuned for september 1st single not searching
0: That's right. And you're originally from Boston and your favorite Tupac song growing up was Brenda's Brenda's Got a Baby. What Uh, was your introduction to Tupac?
1: You did your research. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, um, if I'm being candid growing up, you know, I grew up in Boston at a time where certain neighborhoods weren't gentrified yet. And before they were gentrified, um, a lot of them were like, you know drug infested and things like that and that that story of Boston I don't think has really been told in in its entirety um well not yet at least but anyway um growing up seeing that I saw so many stories that were similar to the um scenarios in Brenda's got a baby so I just so when once I heard that I was like this guy is genius he he's speaking our language, you know what I mean? And he's really connecting with people that remind me of the people I grew up with. You know, it seemed like everyone, no one else understood because they just didn't wanna see that it was happening. And here he is pushing an envelope and talking about these things. So I I really thought that he was really layered and complicated um, and I I really respected that.
0: You brought up an interesting point before, and it was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you here tonight. Do you think, because you mentioned it before, we don't know the full story. Do you think that the black history in Boston is kind of overshadowed and it should be more highlighted? And it should be, but do you think it eventually will? Because when we think people think of Boston, they always think, oh, it's racist white people. But the the black history really isn't highlighted out there because Malcolm oh, yeah. X lived in Boston and you had Guru oh, yeah. from Boston. And oh, yeah. there's, there's his, hip hop history there as well as Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs. Do you think yeah. that it eventually will come to light?
1: I mean, well, this is this is a great question because I actually used to be an operations manager for an amazing nonprofit in Boston called My Town. Okay, and it stood for Multicultural Youth Tours of What's Now. So, like, we would hire youth from fourteen to eighteen to pretty much do oral histories um, of the sixteen neighborhoods in Boston and get the history from the centurions that lived in the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't available at the libraries. And I'm telling you, the rich history that it is in Boston is crazy. I mean, there are 16 neighborhoods and you and I both know, you know, you can go to the North End and get Italian food. You can go to South Boston and get Irish food. You can go to uh, JP and get Cuban food. You know what I mean? So. The uh, Chinatown to get Chinese some great Chinese food so you have like ethnic groups ethnic pockets everywhere throughout the city so so many stories that haven't been told so that's the cool thing about Boston I think for filmmakers for up and coming filmmakers that are in Boston that may be listening to this you know you have an opportunity and myself you know we have an opportunity to tell those stories because that's an untapped market
0: I agree. And, and eventually, I'm sure we'll be told and it's important that it does because that's an important part of Boston that I think needs to be highlighted and showcased. And yes. your experience, you went to Howard and were originally going to major in psychology.
1: Yes. And it's it's cool because when I went to Howard, that's when I learned how to hustle. You know, that's when I learned how to like, OK, you're no longer you're not home. You're not in Boston. You're in a new city. Um, you're on campus with people from all over the world. And it was just an amazing experience. You know, I don't think there's anything that I could put in words that really fully describes how awesome that experience was, but it really set the stage for how I would hustle throughout the rest of my adulthood. Um, And after Howard, I ended up working as a caseworker at a Department of Youth Services in Boston for young girls who, uh, you know, were in the system from 12 to 21. So that was a, That was an amazing experience as well. But it also was kind of bittersweet, you know, Um, because here I am wanting to do a good thing and, you know, help these girls. But at the same time, you work for the state. So there's certain guidelines and regulations. um, You kind of start feeling helpless after you see these girls in and out the system every single day, you know. So I'll always have a love for Boston and fighting for you know, the youth there um, forever. So hopefully, you know, as I continue to gain success and um, really put my mark on the acting in film industry, I hope that I can start giving back a lot more and doing a lot more effective work in Boston
0: your journey is just incredible just reading all about it and learning about it from you being from boston having your own tax business lipstick line moving all the way to atlanta getting independent films and getting the opportunities mm-hmm. to actually be in music videos with trey songs dj Slay yeah. and mano back in the day Keep <laughs> paying up down I, I know all about the yeah. music video side of the thing but it would it be a desire for you because once you took these film classes you fell in love with it would you eventually have an interest in getting behind the camera and potentially directing something of your own?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I'm a person. I always, you know, I started off doing videos on the side of my, my regular nine to five and then used that because I really wanted to work with f- filmmakers. These directors want to direct films. And guess what? Benny boom, who I worked with, with train songs and um, what was it? Trey songs and T I I think in that video Um, Benny Boom later directed All Eyes on Me and he was in that audition room and so you know it's important to carry yourself professionally at all times because these people later you know you'll see them and they may be on the opposite end and they're maybe on the hiring or firing you know end of the table Um, so it was awesome to be able to you know get his attention and then gain his respect enough for them to, to hire me to, to bring Brianna to life and all as I move. Mean.
0: You definitely brought her to life. And I know this was something that was difficult because you discussed this with your acting oh. coach is that you kept <laughs> judging the character. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, yes. It was so hard. You know, um, I love Tupac. And so people were like, how are you going to do this? I'm like, listen, I can't judge her as much as I love him. I have to find the human connection in her. And so I didn't want to judge that moment um because we know that Pac didn't do anything. Um but in that moment I wanted to have her react in such a way that displayed, you know, if if that did happen, how she would react.
0: Do you remember the first day you saw Demetrius ship on set and just building that chemistry with him because he looks just like Tupac.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. It was so crazy. I took a double the first time we filmed actually we were in the courtroom so we automatically like had to like hate each other, you know? So that was awkward. Um that was super awkward, but he really resembles Pac. Um he's a great actor. He really brought his mannerisms to life. Um he did an amazing job.
0: He did. Do you think that the artist today because there's never going to be a Tupac Shakur again, the 90s was was the golden era that's confirmed already yeah. do you think that the artists today truly understand tupac's message and movement because when you listen to some of these kids songs and then i'm just being real about it it doesn't embody the message of the 90s and there's not too many artists out here that are carrying on the movement and having an actual real message
1: yeah then there's, there's not but there are a few artists that i feel like try to be, know, lyrical be, try, be lyrical and try at least try it up you know yeah. like um, there are a few. And for those artists, those are the artists that I pay attention to. You know, the other ones like I don't really I feel like whatever you feed yourself every day, that's what you that's the life that you live, you know, and I'm not about to feed myself the BS and wonder why I have anxiety or depression or like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying or out here like feeling like shooting my bang bang. Like I, I don't feed myself things that that don't you know, that aren't healthy for me. So I like listening to, you know, like Kendrick Lamar and you know J. Cole, Lil Baby is actually cool. Too. He's dope too. Um, there's a lot of artists, I feel like they're, you know, they're good for the vibe or like club, but when you want something lyrical and something to, to really pay attention to, there's certain artists that I go to for, for that kind of inspiration.
0: I know exactly what you mean. A strong point. Yeah. LT Hutton was someone that fought for you as well. And believe yes. you, as soon as he saw you on set, because you came from reality TV with love and hip hop and we'll, we'll get into one. I have one question about that and just not being, we'll get r- right into that, but tell me about LT Hutton and how he just saw yeah. your vision was immediately fighting for you.
1: Yeah. Well, when I came in and auditioned, um, I had to do two scenes back to back. They were polar opposite and emotion. And I was so hungry. I'm telling you, like, I'm a kid. I'm from Boston. Like, you know how we hustle. Like, you know, everything you, you catch, you, you eat, you know, I'm the kid that at 14, I had a job, you know, was helping paying bills, you know, you know how it is like growing up in the city and, um, So I knew out of all those people I saw in the hallway, I just knew that nobody wanted it as much as I did. (laughs) So the hunger that I went in there with was like vicious, you know, and I think that displayed because I had to hysterically have this like, you know, reaction after getting, you know, assaulted, sexually assaulted. So that emotion, I think, woke people up if they thought that, you know i was just some caricature from reality tv i think that's what gained their attention um and he was just like wow okay um i think i speak for everyone on the panel that like you really you really blew us away with that you know so that was really amazing and sometimes that's all it takes you know people just need an opportunity to display whatever talent or gifts they have you know that's why i tell people listen If you stop, you'll never get that opportunity. You know, if you quit because it's hard and just take the easy way out, you'll never get the opportunity and you'll always regret, you know, later down the line, you'll resent yourself because you never gave yourself a shot. So just keep trying, man. Keep trying and keep going after the things that you love because it doesn't even feel like work. It really, even when you fail, it's like, eh, okay, I'm going to do it again tomorrow because you're insane about the things you love, you know? Exactly. (laughs) So so, uh, that's who I am. It's like this thing, you have to be slightly insane to like, to go after it. But, you know, it all, at the end of the day, for me, it's all about legacy. Like when I'm not here anymore, you know, what will people say about me? And what, what is my body of work? Um, say about me you know so I want to leave behind great work and I want to help tell great stories mm-hmm.
0: unfortunately with the all eyes on me biopic there was some backlash when it came out people there was just so many haters out there and people judging it for no reason did did you notice anything as far as your role went because of the of the particular role that you played especially when you look at how things because you basically played the original Amber Heard it was <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Did did you yeah. notice that there was some backlash and judgment of just you facing anything of your character that you portrayed when the movie came out?
1: Um, I mean, you know, people, people will say a lot of things. I think like, I don't really, I swear, I don't pay attention to that stuff. Um, I really don't because whatever, like I said earlier, whatever you feed yourself is, is kind of, it becomes your reality. So for me, I was more so paying attention to like the love that we were getting um, and which was dope. The backlash, I feel like it came from, like, you know, people hopping on bandwagons. And if you genuinely didn't like it, it's cool. But, like, Pac has told his story, in my opinion, Pac has told his story himself so many times. So this movie was a direct reflection of the story that he told himself with news articles, with with documentaries, like, with Interviews. Yeah. Interview. So like what else could what else were people expecting, like something that they didn't know because Pac lived out loud, you know. So I think it was a phenomenal job. Obviously, you know, when you're telling a, when you're doing a film, you're only allowed two hours to tell <laughs> such an amazing story. So it, it must have been so hard on the executive producers to really, you know, pick and choose like what they wanted to keep, what they didn't want to keep. Um, And I just love that when I got casted, you know, the the queen, you know, Fini Shakur was was definitely one of the producers Mm -hmm. on my call sheet. So
0: did you get to meet her while she was before she passed?
1: I I did not. And that was so, so heartbreaking for me. Um, I was really looking forward to that. You know, I still have that call sheet with her name on it. Um it's just one of the most I was really looking forward to that. I had so much I wanted to say to her <laughs> so um, so, but yeah, that was really, really sad for all of us on set.
0: It definitely was rest in peace to her, raising one of the greatest the greatest hip hop artists of all time, the most polarizing and impactful he's the face of hip hop, there's no doubt about it. loving hip hop, sure. I just want to get into this one question here that i what is the key to not getting typecast because you've spoken about they typecast your image in this and then how it's scripted so what is the key to not being typecast into a reality show
1: um i mean just know what you're getting into prior to you know for me i'll tell the truth you know i didn't have a manager i <laughs> I just was i was a girl who just left an abusive relationship who was working you know, double shifts to make ends meet. And I saw an opportunity to audition for a show and I was like, sure, (laughs) you know, um, and, and that's what happened. But for, for you guys out there who aren't in that situation, you know, make sure you have your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted and you know what you're getting into and you know that you have some kind of control over your image or how you're being displayed. If you don't, um, I would advise you not get into it, unless you have a plan, unless it, you know, unless that image um, is helpful to, or conducive to whatever your goal is. Um, But if it's not, it can actually hurt. So just be aware of that.
0: You mentioned yeah. earlier that you want to leave your legacy behind and you have just a, your life story as a movie. You actually, I heard, were working on a book and wanting to get a major publishing deal as well as yes. a script I heard.
1: Yes. So I have been since 2015, I have um, been working on a book and a film um, since 2018. I've been working on a series idea. So. Um, And I've just been so inspired um, by these female producers that I've had the amazing opportunity to work with like Miasha Coleman and, you know, Tressa, she actually is the CEO of Megamind. Um, We just did a film with Country Wayne that's coming out around Halloween. So, you know, these females, seeing them run their businesses and run their empires, also being wives and moms, like, it's so inspiring. And I'm like, I can do that too, you know? Um, and I feel so inspired and grateful to have worked under amazing woman that opened the doors and make it possible and easier for people like myself to transition from in front of the camera to behind the camera.
0: And I'm sure that's going to be happening soon. Erica, is there anything else you want to let your fans know that we didn't touch on in this interview?
1: I love y'all. <laughs> I really do. I love you guys. Um, I love all of our supporters who are bringing Secret Society to a closer and closer to number one. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, and thank you know, thank you guys for having me.
0: Of course, thank you, Erica. I appreciate it. They can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Erica Pinkett. Make sure you give her a follow. Go check out Secret Society Two, Never Enough, and yes. let's get this thing to number one on the top charts here, Amazon Prime
1: yes thank you so much of course and thank you to
0: your management for setting us up anytime you need any promo yeah. erica you're always welcome on the show
1: oh thank you so much i really appreciate you
0: of course anytime enjoy the rest of your night and stay safe all right erica all right you too sweetie. Yeah. take care right. bye-bye bye-bye